to Reset Button with your host, Dylan Tweeney. I'm a writer, editor, communicator, and longtime resident of Silicon Valley. I've been working in or writing about the tech industry for a couple decades now. And uh, most of that time, I've been thinking a lot about tech, thinking about the business of tech and how gadgets work and how business models work and how startups get created and what makes them succeed and what makes them fail. What I haven't done, though, is really take a step back from that and look at how tech affects our lives and how we can use it to make our lives better, both individually and collectively. And that's what I hope to do in this podcast. The reason I'm calling it Reset Button is because if you've been using computers for long enough, you probably remember way back in the early days of PCs, every computer came with a special red reset button. It was kind of like an emergency, use an only, only in case of emergencies kind of button. And essentially what it did is, if some program got really stuck, caught up in an infinite loop, you couldn't do Control-Alt-Delete or whatever else uh, you needed to do in order to get the program running again, you could press the reset button. And essentially it would stop everything in the computer. It would stop the CPU, stop the memory reading, stop everything for as long as you held that button down. And then when you released the button, everything would start again. It was kind of like a hardwired button that did what we would now do by shutting the computer down and turning it back on again. The classic IT person's diagnostic. First thing you do if something's wrong with your computer, did you try turning it off and back on again? So I think the same kind of thing applies to our lives. Sometimes when things are just getting too hectic, we're too full of anxiety, too spun up, too busy, it really helps to press the reset button on our lives and just stop for a minute, take a few breaths, just stop what we're doing and look, get a little perspective, and then go back to what we were doing with a little bit more clarity and a little bit more presence. I'm going to try to make that happen in this podcast a little bit. I'm going to talk about ways of using mindfulness and presence in order to kind of come back to ourselves and focus on what really matters. I'm going to talk about creativity. And yeah, I'm probably going to talk a lot about technology because that's still what I do. It still affects how we live. And I think that the answer is not just to run away from technology. Sometimes the answer is to close the Twitter app and put the phone down for a little while, or to take a break from technology altogether and go for a walk in the woods. But we have to learn how to live with technology too, and I think there are ways of leveraging it to make it work better for us. And that's what I'd like to discuss in the future episodes of this podcast. The other reason... I'm calling this podcast the reset button is a personal one. I'm an avid open water swimmer. For the last 10 years, I've been swimming off and on in San Francisco Bay with increasing frequency, particularly over the last five years, to the point where it's a really defining characteristic of my life right now. It's one of the major things that I do. And a friend of mine who I swim with my good friend Zena said that she calls 
swimming in the waters of the bay, kind of like a giant reset button for your brain. And it's an apt description. The waters of the bay are cold. Jumping in can be a shock, especially if you're not wearing a wetsuit, which I usually don't. Those first few seconds that you jump in, there's a sharp intake of breath. Kind of, there can be a sensation of blinding light or uh, momentary blindness. Um, it can be panic-inducing if you're not used to it. You have to kind of condition yourself to breathe carefully and stroke your, your best freestyle stroke. You're still going to be a little bit wild because your body kind of goes into this instinctual reaction jumping into cold water, which is shock, immediate shock for a few seconds. Your heart rate goes up. Your rate of breathing goes up. And your, your mental capacities kind of shrink down to this survival mode where for a few seconds to a few minutes, you're just swimming. You're just there swimming. And then as your body becomes acclimated to the water, you start to swim in a more relaxed way. You get more comfortable. Believe it or not, you can actually adapt to quite cold water. And this experience, over time, it gets a little bit easier every time. So that initial shock, still unpleasant, even for those of us who've done it a lot. But that initial shock gets smaller. And the, the moment of bliss, of swimming in the, in the ocean or swimming in the bay, being away from society and in the middle of primal nature, in the middle of a fundamental element, that gets more and more intense, at least in my experience. And you come out feeling refreshed and renewed. Because for the time that you're in the water, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour or two, that time is completely separate from everything else you're doing. You're not checking your phone. You're not checking your email. You're not doing anything, really. You're not talking to people very much, even the people that you might be swimming with. You're just left alone with your own thoughts and your own body and the water and the air that surrounds you everywhere. It's a really basic reset that you can put into your day, at least for me. It's a, a way of fundamentally resetting my life every time I do it just reminds me, I'm alive, I'm here, I'm in the water. And when I come out, I feel renewed. I'm much more relaxed and much happier and much more present. Now, not everybody's going to want to jump into the freezing cold waters of San Francisco Bay. I get that. It's not for everyone. But I have learned over the past couple of years some other techniques for hitting the reset button, some other techniques for kind of regrounding and becoming more present. And I'm not a mindfulness teacher. I'm not a psychotherapist. I have no qualifications. I'm just somebody who's trying to figure it out, just like all of us. But some of these things that I've learned have kind of worked for me, and I'd like to share those with you too. So I'm going to start with a very basic practice uh, self-regulation practice that I learned about four years ago from my classmate Eliza Shin. She's a physician and an actress now and she shared this self-regulation technique because it was 2016 in the summer or the fall of 2016 and for some reason 
seems so distant now, but we were all really anxious about things. We were all really concerned about the future and the current state of the country. And the election had either just happened or was in the process of happening. Anyway, it all seems so distant now, but we were really anxious. And so we were having a discussion about some ways that we could manage with that anxiety better. And Eliza shared this self-regulation technique, which I really like. I found it very powerful and it unlocked a lot of things for me. I think of it as somatic recentering, like putting yourself back in your body. And here's how it works. Wherever you are, just take a deep breath. Deep breath in and let it out. Maybe a couple deep breaths. And then notice something that you can see. And then another thing. And then another thing. In between each of these things, just take a deep breath, let it out, and notice something you can see. It could be really simple. It could be, I see something pink. I see a white wall. I see the green leaves of a tree. And then you move from seeing to three things that you can hear. Take a breath. I can hear the wind rustling in the trees. And another. I can hear the sound of a motorcycle or a car on the distant highway. I can hear the creaking of some metal moving back and forth on the train tracks near me. And then after hearing, you move to three things that you can feel. Take a breath and notice what you can feel. The back of the chair pressing against your back. Your feet resting on the floor. Cool breeze moving across your cheek. Wherever you are, whatever you notice, it's fine. It could be simple. It could just be colors, very basic sounds, or it could be more detailed. But just to notice, to take a few breaths, and to notice three things that you see, and then three things that you hear, and then three things that you can feel. This is remarkably calming in my experience. And the way Eliza explains it, you start with seeing because for most of us, vision is the easiest, most accessible, most powerful sense. But you move to hearing and then to touch, which bring you further and further back into your body, back into the embodied experience, wherever you are. And this practice, I've found, you can do it anywhere. You can do it while you're driving and you're waiting at a stoplight. You can do it while you're waiting in line at the grocery store. You can do it while you're working. Just take, take a moment while you're sitting at your keyboard to pause, breathe, and notice three things that you see, then three things that you hear, and then three things that you can feel. Just one after another, take your time, even if you go slowly through this exercise, it still only takes a minute or two. And if you're doing it right, just paying attention and breathing gently, you should notice that your heart rate will come down, your level of agitation will come down, simply because you're more aware of your body and where it is at this moment and what you're surrounded by. This practice has helped me a lot I'm very grateful to Eliza for sharing it with me, and I hope it helps you too. I'm going to close this episode 
with a short segment that I'll call One Minute of Poetry. And I'm going to read a haiku from this website that I've been running for the last 20 years, Tiny Words. Publishes one new haiku by a different poet every single weekday. Well, most of the weekdays, and has done so since the year 2000. And I like haiku because it's a poetic form that's very easy to learn, easy to appreciate, whether you're reading or writing, and can really help you do that kind of reset. Stop, think, notice something new, appreciate it, and move on. So without further ado, here's a haiku published on Tiny Words on April 29th. It's by Dave Bonta. Steel Band, the oil drums that drive us. Thanks for listening to the reset button. Hope to catch you on the next episode. It's been great talking with you. Until next time, this is Dylan Tweeney. I'll see you online.